I just don't think that itchy inner thighs are to blame. Uh, Mike, 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 I can't believe we're even having this conversation. You know, you are, you are going to be so steamed up. I'm all ready to quit, and we are but a few minutes into this podcast. Welcome to the Odyssey Podcast. I am your sometimes host, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and with me across the internet is... Hello, I am Mike of Mike Sitting Down. That's right. Hello, Mike of Mike Sitting Down. I am at TV's Kevin Lanigan, and we are here, our first episode as co-hosts on the Odyssey Podcast. I am excited. I am also racked with allergies. So there you go. Right, right, right back at you, Kevin. I have caught some of that airborne syphilis, so we'll see how that affects our... Uh the audio, but hopefully it'll be okay. Scientists project uh, that allergy season will only get worse and worse every year as our planet warms up. And if that's true, scientists also project that I will be dead by this time next year. So I'm well, that's unfortunately here, Kevin. We can obviously all send our T's and P's over your way. I appreciate that. So yes, let's get into the podcast. Enough dilly dallying, enough feet shuffling. All right, we are here to talk about the news. Who passed away, who's overstaying their welcome, and lots of sex. It's the news. News. A teen in Alabama has shot themselves in the leg while adjusting the gun inside their sweatpants, not unlike um, Rabbit's friend in 8 Mile. Who, what is to blame for this near tragedy? I gotta say, and this is coming from a long, long history of hiding guns in my pants, I gotta say that the persistent issue is itchy inner thighs. It's when you're scratching yourself, particularly with the barrel of that sweet, sweet Glock, that you're going to end up injuring yourself. You know, Kevin, I couldn't agree. I could not disagree more. I'm sorry. I could not disagree more. I think you're obviously misconstruing the the core issue here is not itchy inner thighs. It's the sweatpants themselves. Sweatpants have always been completely incompatible with firearms. Um, they kind of jostle around. They're, they're not good for quick draw. You know, it's more of a holster. Um, I think ever since we moved from the holster to the big uh, d- d- kind of just sweatpants type uh, articles of clothing, that's when America really lost its way. And that's when these really just super preventable um, deaths have been occurring at near record levels. And I think if America really is going to become great again, then we really need to go back to the holster as opposed to these sweatpants, which are just completely incompatible with pistols for one. Shotguns, uh, of course, are not going to fit nearly enough unless you cut a hole in the sweatpants and stick it down your thigh, and then good luck walking. It's like walking with a cast on. Listen, sweatpants are an American institution, and you cannot blame sweatpants for injuries that happen related to gun violence that are also related to sweatpants. Brother... Sweatpants have been around as long as this country has been around. It is it is the fabric that weaves our great nation together. Do you blame do you blame baseball for all the gun related baseball deaths? Do you blame Mama's apple pie for all the times it has shot you? No. God bless America. You you honor these proud American traditions 
and you blame not the sweatpants, you blame not the gun, you blame the terrorists. So Bruce Springsteen uh, has canceled his concert in North Carolina because of the LGBT discrimination law, um, also called the bathroom bill, um, which is saying that you could only uh, use the bathroom of your born gender. Um, a lot of people have uh, really lauded uh, Bruce for this uh, canceled concert and his solidarity with the LGBT community. And now a singer named Brian Adams has canceled his show. This is an important topic. I think all the news stations are covering it. Who is Brian Adams? Now, brother, before we get into this week's time, this this topic of conversation, I got to say, let's segue away from the bathroom bill because I know bathroom bill. He's a nice guy. So Brian Adams, it is my theory that Brian Adams is um, the most recent reincarnation of the great Buddha, making him our current and proudest Dalai Lama. Um, I think Brian Adams is a small teenage Mexican woman um, from Guadalajara. All right, all right, Mike. Now, you've got me pretty steamed up. There is steam coming out of my ears like a cartoon. I am red in the face. I'm like a cartoon bull. So let's stop fighting for a little bit. Let's let's go to one of our reporters in the field. Here's Michelle, reporter in the field. Thanks, Mike and Kevin. We're going to talk about <sighs> festivals. What do we even know about them anyway? We've got music festivals, beer festivals, and the list goes on and on as we sit around with our friends planning our next big adventure. I mean, it is pretty great, right? At the surface, festivals give us music, treats, and various forms of entertainment, while we also gain a fun escape to create memories that will last many lifetimes. It just sounds like the perfect win-win situation. The magical formula of a give-and-take relationship, right? But believe it or not, this is going to get a whole lot deeper than just posts for your Instagram feed. So, we already know there are a variety of festivals, right? But let's look at how they benefit different groups across the spectrum. You've got your festival goers and we're here, hey, yeah, this is fun. Then you've got your artists and your vendors out here trying to make a living and, most importantly, a name for themselves. Luckily, they get to frolic along this platform while they share their work, they network, and they grow. This is the secret sauce that makes our world go round. Literally. It's all about globalization and economic growth, people. The spread of businesses, philosophies, and technology around the world as one interconnected marketplace. The Wall Street Journal reported last year's festivals pumped $3.2 billion into the U.S. economy alone. And even though that might sound impressive, the total domestic product totals more than $16 trillion. And obviously these festivals aren't just happening in your backyard, so with that triggers additional spending on hotels, flights, and other costs, while also creating up to 25,000 full-time jobs here in the States. Because someone's got to control you while you're out there trying to crowd surf your way to the stage, right? Music festivals are contributing so much to our local economy that it's no surprise other countries are catching on. But we're never constricted to just one way of doing things. Ever. Whether it be in life, work, love, you name it, there are different ways to do one task. 
and I'm going to share two examples of how festivals are promoting economic growth through the powers of globalization. Have you ever heard of lantern festivals? Okay, good. I'll just share a brief history to refresh in your memory. Stories of the origin remain unclear, but they're deeply rooted to traditional religions and mythology in the Chinese culture starting back in 206 BC. But nowadays you can find a lantern festival here in the States where you can light the night sky with your wishes as you enjoy the presence of <clears throat> musical acts and vendors. What I'm getting at here is the first example of globalization through the natural spread of culture. So, come on, if you catch yourself at one of these lantern festivals, you know darn right that you're not there to celebrate ancient Chinese religion. And there's no problem with that. It's 2016 for crying out loud, so if you want to post these lanterns on your Snapchat, go for it. The origin of this festival led to our country eventually picking it up as a way to entertain and generate revenue through the use of special guests, food, and vendors like I mentioned before. We all pick up from one another and make it work to our advantage. Now that America has picked this up, let's see what another country is putting down. Behold, the 16-foot-tall drum in Nigeria. Last week, thousands of guests attended the Nigerian Drum Festival. Drums are the central parts of their culture and day-to-day experiences, so they took this festival as their own means in boosting their general tourism activity and to generate revenue. <laughs> Aha! There we have it. We're seeing how the magic of bringing people together influences other areas. Deo Keshi, Director General of the National Council for Arts and Culture in Nigeria states, the festival presents one of the best ways to integrate and generate economic growth right from the grassroots to international levels. This is a great example of how the economic success in America has influenced others to gain as well. Because as this drum festival rises in popularity, the Nigerian government plans on making changes to train their officials at the airports and embassies to be tourist-friendly and accommodating. Meaning more visitors, more money spent, and more economic growth in Nigeria. Looking at these different examples from a micro-macro-economic point of view, America has definitely reaped the benefits of festivals throughout the years, and now we're seeing how it impacts other countries. We love festivals. We live for festivals. For us civilians, we are satisfying our own egocentric desires to hang out with our friends and skip along the festival grounds. But through our selfish acts, who knows? Maybe we're making the world a better place. Because not only do these activities promote love, peace, and unity in the festival setting itself, but they also frame the whole picture for the world we live in while also promoting growth in other parts of the planet. So I'll leave you with this. Where will your next festival take you? <laughs> All right, back to you, Mike and Kevin. All right, welcome back to Forced Fighting with Kevin and Mike. I am TV's Kevin Lanigan, at TV's Kevin Lanigan, and with me across the internet... I am Mike Sitting Down, at Mike Sitting Down. Perfect. Uh, so, I thought that taking a little break would improve my mood, would help fix these radical mood swings. I am chugging NyQuil, and it's not affecting me in any major way so let's get back into the fighting let's attack this again full on our next topic of conversation netflix the online movie but mostly tv watching service is raising its price by two dollars now is it 
And here's the question I'm posing you, Mike. Is it ethical for Philip in Montana to sell his hamster to afford Netflix? Your argument. You know, Kevin, this is a pretty open and shut, uh, cut and dry issue. The answer is absolutely not. When you buy a hamster, you know, for seven ninety nine, which doesn't seem like a lot, but then I understand the costs add up. You have to afford feed. You have to afford um, the little hay at the bottom. You have to afford the scoop for his poop. Um, you have to, you know, it, it, it costs a lot of money. But when you spend that initial amount of money, you are dedicated to that hamster. And the hamster, there's been a lot of signs of traumatic um, PTSD, if you will, from... Uh, Hamsters changing owners in the middle of their lives. Uh, a lot of it's driven a lot of hamsters to completely give up the wheel in uh, in a faux suicide temp of uh, forced cardiac arrest. Uh, I know my hamster when I even let my friend Alphonse come over and babysit, stop drinking water. It's been proven, proven, and I, the many studies will back this up that changing hamster changing hands will lead to death within six to seven months, almost one hundred percent of the time. Um, so the answer is obviously not. And I think if he does, he should be prosecuted by FEMA, the, those great, great activists. All right. (laughs) All right. So now I heard you at the beginning of your argument refer to this as an open and shut case, but do you know what else is open and shut? A campster age. I heard you refer to it as cut and dried. Do you know what else is cut and dried? Little bits of shit at the bottom of a hamster cage. No one. Man, woman, child, living, dead should have to put up with all of the horse that comes with raising and breeding a hamster. No one should have to deal with that, especially if taking care of a hamster is at the direct expense of watching Netflix. I mean, if I couldn't watch all 19 seasons of Supernatural... I would not feel good about this because I had a hamster. If I wanted to watch Scrotal Recall, a Netflix original only available on Netflix, my favorite show in the world, if I could not watch this show, I would not get a sense of joy and pride looking into the eyes of my beloved hamster Tibbles. No, I sold that wannabe rat so that I could afford the beautiful, constant, 24-7, 365 or 366 bliss of watching Netflix. Uh, okay, Kevin, if I if I may here, all those shows, you can torrent illegally on the internet. It's not hard. Uh, you just go to torrents.eu, uh, download uTorrent for all our listeners out there. It's quite easy. Um, torrents are part of the European Union? Uh, you know what, Kevin, if you give me a chance to talk here, thanks. Um, you could you know that you can't host a torrent site in America because it's illegal because of all of these copyright laws. So it's torrents.eu and you can do that. Know what you can't torrent and get for free? The life of a hamster. I'll give you an example. I, growing up, I had a hamster named Dante and this is a true story. I had a hamster named Dante that I got as kind of like a gag, like <laughs> I have a hamster. It's kind of funny. You know what? What happened, Kevin? That joke got old real fast and I was left with a hamster that people didn't think was funny when they saw it and didn't even want to hold when they came over. Even girls that I was trying to bed, uh, lead to my bed, if you lay down with, if you will, thought I thought like, oh, it'd be kind of funny to show them my hamster. And they didn't even want to see it. They just thought it smelled bad. So what did I do? Did I sell my hamster just because the joke was over? 
No, I did not. I kept that hamster alive. I kept feeding it food, maybe a little less food, you know, because I didn't want to, you know, prolong life too long, but I definitely wanted to give it enough for subsistence. And I moved, I even moved with the hamster across the country when I could have easily just set it free in the yard or set it free in the ocean on a little boat or, you know, set it free in the garbage. And I didn't do any of those things. Of course, one time I did try to flush it down the toilet, but that was a a really, really just unfortunate week for me. Regardless, the answer is absolutely no. You owe a debt to your hamster, no matter if you're over it or not. And Netflix is, uh, you know, replaceable in my mind. Mike, this is just another one of those times where I'm afraid we're going to have to agree to disagree. Here's a quick message from John Farrow. Yo, what's good, y'all? This is Laura Viss. Welcome to this segment of the podcast. All I want to do today is simply talk about pimping. And when I say pimping, I ain't talking about like no Cat Williams, no feather hat wearing, gator shoe wearing. I didn't even know what that was until a second ago. Old school Cadillac driving, walking like he got shot in the leg, so he need a pimp cane, backhanded trick, see me at 2 a.m. type bull. I'm talking about pimp as a verb, like an action word or an adjective. No, that's a descriptive word, a verb. And J. Cole and Kendrick, they're two rappers. They both talked about pimp in opposite ways. Check it. J. Cole was talking about America and how the 1% is financially and economically pimping out the entirety of America. The 1% of the 1% own more wealth than like the 90% of the country. Like, it's crazy. It's not right. It's unmoral in my personal opinion. Those 1% give money to lobbyists. Those lobbyists give money to politicians. And then those politicians create laws for the 1% and all three parties, really, to create more wealth within themselves. For example, I just imagine it like this. They hand them $100. They create a law. They get $120 back. And that $20 comes from the pocket of the 90 the, the 90 or 80 or 70 whatever percent everybody else in america is straight up not right but you know what that because kendrick he talk about pimp in a positive way the caterpillar and it's evil and it's dark and it's insecurities everything it has it goes into metamorphosis it goes into its cocoon its shell its comfort zone it learns a lot about itself grows comes out beautiful with wings it comes out a butterfly so to take the step there all you gotta do is just pimp stuff in your life out for example i'm fat i got man boobs i'll used to hate it you can probably hear it in my voice but hell sometimes i just be like it's not even funny but sometimes i just be like yo i squirt milk and then the people will shut up if they were talking which i don't get picked on don't mess with me you feel me i did feel bad about it before now i don't also school man school is so important to pimp out that education is critical yo i walk into class the first day of lecture talk to the teacher raise my hand yo professor what's everything for this class that i need to write down please tell me what's important for me to take notes on how the exams go what do i need to retain is it cumulative and he will guide you and tell you if you take notes on this conversation if you write down this conversation which is the point of it so you better he tells you how to get an a it's dope it's like the professor was there to teach you something it's crazy 
Well, all you gotta do is just walk in the lecture. Yo, prof, like, what's good with the what's good with the lesson plan? Boom, a. Listen, we are moving into our last topic of debate in this week's episode. Uh, so the great state of Virginia, home of baseball, home of Mama's apple pie, home of sweatpants, is considering bringing back the electric chair. as a form of killing a dude. Now I gotta ask you one question, Mike. Is this really cool? Go. I'm gonna give you one answer, a one word answer there, uh, Kevin. And that is totally. All right. And I got one think? answer for you. Sort of. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, I think that electrocuting a man to death is only sort of cool. I don't uh... think it's like really cool. I don't think it's a lot cool. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's coolness is objective. There is no, like, opinion to be made here. Like, it's pretty cool in concept. Thank you. I just don't get what all the fuss is about. You know, uh, Kevin, I don't know if you are totally aware with what happens uh, when you someone gets electrocuted in an electric chair. Uh, maybe you haven't been watching a whole lot of cartoons lately. But what happens is uh, their entire body illuminates and... They, they shriek around, they they dance around in the chair all funny, and uh, and then, then their entire body goes black, and all you can see is the white bones inside of them, and then they do another big dance, like a dancing skeleton having a hell of a time, and then they go, then they kind of shift back and forth, do the little wave, like they're doing the wave at the ballpark, and then they just go dead, and then their body starts sizzling like a fresh-baked ham. So what part of that is only sort of cool? I, I, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time following you. I, listen, brother, I, I get that that a man sizzling like a bacon is pretty cool. I myself used to watch cartoons as a kid, and I did see one where a cat received punishment in the electric chair, and it was, it was pretty <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. That's awesome. I will say it is pretty we'll, we'll have, funny. We'll have that link on the show notes, guys. Yeah, like, we, we will show you the cat in the electric chair video. It's it's pretty mint, but I I just can't. Get on board with the whole thing. I like elements of it. It's it's like Thor the Dark World. I enjoy elements of Thor the Dark World, but I think on the whole, the electric chair, much like Thor the Dark World, is not perfect. Gotcha. It is the element of Thor the Dark World not perfect because Thor having an Australian accent? Or what part of it did you not enjoy? Uh, my least favorite part of Thor The Dark World was actually the section where Loki received the electric chair for his crimes against humanity. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have know. a lot more complex thoughts on the electric chair than I thought. Yeah, you know, it's a really complex issue. Uh, there is no really 100% right answer. I, it's just my opinion um, that you saying it's only sort of cool really just enables people who are against it entirely who probably watch silly movies like the green mile and they see uh, an innocent man being electrocuted uh, or a man you know it shows this really grisly representation of electric chair like the like almost like the prisoner suffers before dying which is of course absurd um and i think daffy duck um the coyote from uh, that cartoon, uh, any number of witnesses could say um, it does not hurt at all. It's, com- it's the most humane way to do it. And I think you're saying only sort of cool as if like people being fried alive is not totally cool. It really just enables the complete haters. And I think um, 
I think you'd have a debt to the funniness of people being electrocuted to say it's totally cool. You know what, Mike? In a first, a forced fighting first, I will concede and say that the electric chair is totally rad. This is a spoiler alert for Star Wars. If you haven't seen the most recent Star Wars, please stop listening now and go see it, and then come back and listen. Luke Skywalker, wearing his Tuesday wizarding robe, turns to our heroine Rey, who kneels before him. You thought the movie ends there, but really, there's one more scene. Luke hasn't seen a woman in 14 moons. What a surprise. It's not my birthday. No, I'm not a... My name is Ray. I'm only kidding. I knew you were coming. Of course. The Force told you. No. You Instagrammed a picture from the window of your ship just before landing. Originality, you have not. Nor discretion, as surely you know the First Order is hunting me. My apologies, Master Jedi, but it's a new account. I only have 15 followers. Never question the creeping abilities of the dark side. I assume the First Order is already more than acquainted with your spring break photos on Coruscant, especially that slutty one on the beach. Uh, I sense. I... I didn't know. You have much to learn in the ways of social media, and of the Force. That may be true by Doth slain Kylo Ren. Judging by the girth of his character development, I don't think we've seen the last of Kylo Ren. I understand, Master Jedi. Please, call me Luke, and tell me, what is up with Han? He is not RSVP'd on the Facebook event for my co-ed mixer. I'm sorry, Luke. He's not gonna make it. Ah, the event page RSVPs should sway him not. I sense that at least ten of those maybes will be converted to attending by nightfall. Han is dead. Huh. You lie, whore. I know who delivered the blow. Who delivers blow? Make with his number, young Padawan. I've grown quite tired of meeting my dealer all the way in the Dagobah system. No! The blow that fell on poor Han, it was Kylo Ren, his son. Hmm. Reformed by wilderness camp, my nephew was not. What is to become of his hairy friend Chewbacca? I sense that much fortune awaits him on Grinder. How could you be so jovial? Your best friend is dead. I care not for Han. He made a bed with Leia even after I confided I had feelings for her. She's your sister! Unbeknownst to me, was I expected to avoid laying with every maiden in the galaxy on the off chance I had a twin sister? Plus, a long time ago Leia had the tightest of kits. I didn't come here to squabble, only to learn the ways of the Force. Looking at you now, I refuse. Are you saying a woman can't be a Jedi? Because the box office numbers would disagree. I'm no sexist. But breaking the Jedi gender barrier with whom looks to be a model, even after an extended climbing up the mountain montage, is false progress. Return to Leia and have her send me a six. But I am the chosen one. Entitlement from high school you still have. I will not leave here until you teach me the ways of the Jedi. Fine. Your first task is to travel to the planet of Hoth and fetch a bag of ice for my smoking device, Jar Jar Bongs. You're kidding. I am not. And on your way back, stop in the Dagobah system to meet my dealer, Alphonse. I promise a snowstorm and my big co-ed mixer. 
and I intend on delivering... Mike, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you on the internet? If they want to argue some of the finer points of today's debates, where can they find you? You know what, Kevin? They can find me at at MikeSittingDown on Twitter and Instagram and uh, MikeSittingDown.wordpress.com on the old website. All right. All right. You, you can. Kevin? All right. You can find me at TV's Kevin Landigan on Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to my other podcast, Talking Back to the Movies, and the Puffin Publishing Podcast, uh, both on the internet. And uh, you can listen to us every certain number of weeks here on the Odyssey Podcast. So that that does it for us. Enjoy whoever is next week, and uh, we will be back eventually. Thank you, Kevin. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you.